I cover your prayers tonight. I, uh, I, I preach very few times without my wife being with me. And uh, we had an emergency come up. Her brother uh, had went home to be with the Lord a few years ago. He died of ALS. And uh, our oldest nephew on her side was his son. And he has recently had a lot of complications, been out of the emergency room. And the, as of late, they did a MRI and they found a mass on his pancreas. So they uh, sent him to do an emergency, uh, I guess, uh, surgery today, if you would, to try to find out exactly what was going on. So they were working in me. And so we've been in the hospital in Conyers all day. And uh, so I had to leave to go home and make some preparations for being here and uh, was not there when, it, when uh, the doctors came out. So when the doctors came out, uh, they did diagnose him with uh, pancreatic cancer. So really pray for our family. Uh, they j- just lost his dad just a few years ago of ALS, and now the, uh, the, it doesn't look good right now for him. He's around 37, 38 years old, very young man, and uh, so my wife's distraught. And at that time, Jake was on the way to meet me. He was bringing me uh, with his family. I was going to ride with them. And then um, my nephew was asking for Jake. He was pretty distraught. So Jake took his family home and wait, made his way back up to the uh, the hospital. So please pray for our family. I covered your prayers. God knows all about it. The God will meet that need. Amen. But again, it's an honor to be in the house of the Lord tonight. Now, the last time you saw me, my beard wasn't quite as long. Amen. And uh, I was doing this for a preacher friend of mine. He was having problems in his garden. And uh, he said, I just don't know what to do about my garden. I said, well, I'll tell you what. I'll grow my beard out and I'll take a picture. And I'll send it to you. It's having rodents. And they were just eating, taking his corn and different things. So a couple of weeks went by and I called him back and I said, how did it work? And he said, man, you wouldn't believe it. He said, them rodents were bringing back corn they stole from two years ago. Hey, man. <laughs> So everything's working perfectly, amen. So uh, I don't know how much longer I'll keep it. My wife hates it, so it probably won't be much longer, amen. But uh, but you just you just close your eyes, amen, if it looks too bad tonight, and I'll do my best to follow the Lord, amen. We're going to be taking our scripture tonight from 1 Kings chapter number 11. 1 Kings chapter number 11. And uh, I want to say, as the preacher said tonight, You know, when we come to the house of God, you can get what you put in, amen. If you come looking for nothing, most of the time you're going to get nothing, amen. Uh, Old preacher friend used to tell me, if you aim for nothing, you'll hit nothing every time, amen. And uh, and I found out a long time ago, every service that God's blessed me to be a part of, that if I come searching, if I come hungry, thirsting, God always fed me. God always gave me the need that I stood in need of. Amen. So I want to encourage you tonight, uh, if this message is not for you tonight, then ask God to put it in the corridors of your memory. Because I can promise you, if it's not for tonight, it will be sometime probably in the near future. Amen. 1 Kings chapter number 11. If you found your place and you're able, I'm going to ask you to stand as we reverence the reading of God's Word just for a moment. If you're not able, that is perfectly fine. I'm not going to read very much for sake of time. But 1 Kings chapter number 11, we're going to pick up our reading in verse number 14. The Bible says that the Lord stirred up an adversary unto Solomon. Hadad, the Edomite, he was the king's seed in Edom. For it came to pass when David was in Edom... And Joab, the captain of the host, was gone up to bury the slain after he had smitten every male in Eden. For six months did Joab remain there with all Israel until he had cut off every male in Eden. 
that Hadad fled, he and certain Edomites of his father's servants with him to go into Egypt, Hadad being yet a little child. You can be seated. We'll pray. Father, bless the reading of your word. God, I pray your precious word to find a lodging place tonight in our hearts. God, I ask you tonight, God, give us help from heaven, Lord, only as you can do. God, hide me behind the cross tonight. God, that I be attentive to every word that I say. God, that it will be found pleasing in your sight. God, move me out of the way. Do what only you can do. And God, we'll give you the honor and we'll give you the praise tonight when it's all said and done. For we make this prayer in the lovely name of Jesus. And for his name's sake, we ask it all. Amen and amen. Well, in verse number 17 tonight, it's going to be my text verse. The Bible says that Hadad fled, he and certain Edomites of his father's service with him to go into Egypt, Hadad being yet a little child. Now, most people don't pay attention to little things in life, little failures, little lies, amen. And so many times, if failing to dot every I and across every T, we don't think anything much about it. But God has a lot to say about small things in the Bible. Now, it is a little unnoticed thing that usually destroys a man. Amen. Those little unnoticed things usually come back to hinder our relationship with the Lord. Maybe our testimonies, maybe our marriage, our home, or even our church. It's the little things, if we're not careful, will come back and cause very much pain in our lives. Amen. We tend to underestimate the smaller things of life. I think about the atom bomb. It was a very small object, but yet... The nation of Japan surrendered in just a few minutes. I think about a flea is a very small thing, but it can kill a 90-pound animal. Amen. Something so strong, uh, so small, can cause so much pain. The termite is so small of an insect, but it can destroy a three-story house if left ignored. Solomon warns about the little foxes. He says, take us the foxes. The little foxes that spoil the vine. So in this story tonight, we've got Joab, and he misses one. This is unlike Joab. Joab's always on target, but Joab missed this little one tonight. He has one failure, and this one mistake, this failure, comes back to haunt the king of Israel. And by the time Solomon was well into his reign as king, amen, hey, Dad. You know what Hadad does? These small things, you know what happens in life? They grow up, amen. Those little things that we hide, those little things that we ignore, you know what they do? They end up growing up and be big things. And that's what happened here. Hadad, he was a little thing at one time, but now he's full grown and he's an adversary of Israel. And Solomon is having to deal with that adversary. So with that being said tonight, I want to preach on the thought of attending to the little things, amen? Attending to the little things. Now, I want to say before I get into the message, a lot of times we've got a picture of the devil that is coming with a big pitchfork, and he's got a long tail, and he's got two big old horns, amen? And he's spitting fire, and he's ringing the bell, and he says, look out, I'm the devil. I've come to destroy you. But that is not the picture God gives us of the devil, our adversary in the Bible, amen? 
He sometimes comes as an angel of light. Sometimes he comes in unawares. He's sly, amen. He's cunning. Uh, he's slick, amen. He'll make you think he's your best friend. Uh, Why he's uh, uh, tearing your family and your marriage apart. So he will never come to you ringing bells and blowing whistles, amen. But many times uh, he'll come in in the little things in our life, the little things that we don't pay much attention to, the little things that we look over, maybe the small lies, maybe the little dishonesty, maybe a look here or a thought there. Amen. And those little things have become the fester. And as we look over these things, they grow and they grow and they end up becoming big things in our life that brings us so much harm as a child of God. So attending tonight to the little things. Amen. Number one, if you're taking notes, I want to touch on we must take care of the little things as they come. Amen. As God reveals these things in our life, we're not to wait. We're not to let them grow. We're not to let them fester. We're not to put off tomorrow, next month, or next year uh, what may be taking place in our life today. Amen. As these things are revealed to us by the Holy Spirit of God, amen, we need to deal with those things as quickly as they come. You say, why, preacher? Because little things become big things. Little sins become big sins. Amen. Accepting the little uh, misdemeanors today will cause a full-grown sin of tomorrow. Amen. I think about a few years ago, amen, sex outside the marriage was looked upon as a terrible sin. But now it has come, become a normality uh, in the system of society that we have today. For a young woman to enter marriage as a virgin is looked at as abnormal in the world today, amen. It has become overlooked. These little sins have, we have accepted in our society and accepted now even in the church of the living God, amen. God help us with the little things because they become Big things, amen. We laugh at little cute disobedience of a child, but yet we weep, amen, when those sins cause them to go off to, uh, to be put into jail, amen. As little children grow up, we mock and we make fun as they're disrespectful to parents and grandparents and Sunday school teachers and pastors, amen. And then they go to school and they're disobedient to teachers. And oh, we make excuses. They're just like old daddy. they just like old Uncle Ben. they just like so-and-so, amen. And we snicker and we push it under the rug. But one day, amen, those little pet sins grow up and they become big sins, amen. And they land us in all kind of trouble. God, help us understand that little things become big things in our life. Amen. I think about the poisonous venom of a spider. It's such a small thing, no bigger than a pencil eraser, but it's killed hundreds and hundreds of individuals, amen, that did not protect themselves over that. Little things become big things if we're not careful in our spiritual walk. You see, God would allow us to experience the small things in life. Before God can ever trust us with large things, God must first be able to trust you with small things. Amen? You don't know why a person uh, don't see God in the big things in their life. It's because God's never been able to trust them with the little things in life. Amen? You won't see great things in your life until you're able to take care of the little things. Amen? A lot of times people can't see a pastor's heart. Man, folks come in. 
And they may have great ability. They may have great talent. They may have great finances. But so many times a pastor looks and he prays and he can't trust them with maybe big opportunities or big responsibilities because they're never faithful over the small things that take place in life, like just coming to church. Amen. Just coming to church. I mean, that's a good start, amen. You say, preacher, that's a hard thing in my life. Oh, is it really? Amen. Boy, I tell you what, Jesus only died for you and I, amen. I mean, he only gave us heaven, amen, those who believe in him. We're only going to live as long as Jesus lived, amen. I mean, he died there at Calvary, hung between heaven and earth. He shed his precious blood, and all he asked for us to do is what? Not to die for him, just to die to self, amen, and live for the Savior. You see, it's the little things that are killing us. It's the little things that God must trust us in before he'll trust us in the big areas of our life. What about the little things tonight in your life? Can God trust you with those things? I heard a message several years ago. Man, it brought so much conviction in my life. We was at a visiting church, and a pastor from up north, he came down, he was preaching. It's the first time I ever heard him preach, and he was preaching on the thought of God investing in your church, and God investing in your life, and God investing in your home. And he said, I wonder if God can trust you enough to invest in your church. Can God trust you with these new converts that you will teach them and lead them right? Can God trust you with these little children, amen, that are born in these young families that you will raise them in the nurture and ammunition of the Lord? Can God trust you at that home that allowed you to raise that family for the honor and glory of God? So many times we beg God for the blessings that God's looking for an avenue to be able to trust you with the small areas of life, amen. You see, God's very interested in the small things of our life, amen. But number two tonight, Satan will tempt you with small things rather than big things, amen. You see, the devil ain't no tempt. I don't believe tonight one time. Now, I could be wrong. There may be always an exception to the rule. But, Brother Robert, I don't believe the devil's going to tempt you to go rob a bank, Amen. I just don't see that, amen. I mean, I just don't believe he's going to tempt you to go out and rob a bank. Now, we all need more money. As the preacher said, amen, Christmas is coming. And, man, we know we got to buy some presents, amen. But you know what? The devil, I just don't believe he's going to tempt me to go rob a bank. But you know what? There's a lot of other things he's going to tempt me in my life over this next month. As we get busy, as we get so cumbered about with so much responsibilities, with family and friends and church and business and so many irons in the fire, you better believe the devil's going to be right there in the small things, tempting you and I, amen, to turn our thoughts from the Savior, to turn our thoughts from the true meaning of Christmas, to turn our thoughts from holiness to unrighteousness, amen. Oh, yeah, you better believe it. He's going to be right there in a minute because Satan will tempt you with the small things, amen. Sure, he won't tempt you to rob a bank, amen, but maybe he'll tempt you to cheat on a test. Maybe he'll tempt you to cheat on your time card, amen. Maybe you're filling out that time card and you need a little bit of extra overtime. Maybe he'll tempt you to put an extra hour on there and say it was a mistake, amen, and see if you get away with it. Hey, it's the small things. It's the small foxes that the devil's going to come into the child of God and he's going to begin to work on your heart. 
Maybe he's going to tempt you with that look, amen. Maybe he's going to tempt you with that, uh, that cell phone, amen, that internet access. Maybe that social media. Hey, maybe that billboard going down the road. Hey, maybe that radio station. Maybe that TV program. Hey, there's so many small things that the devil's going to use as an avenue to get your heart and your mind off the things of God. Mark it down, friend. If you belong to God, he is your enemy, amen, and he will tempt you. Even with the small things, amen. So many times we hear of a preacher or maybe a celebrity that's went down in sin. And man, we think about that. I've heard over the last 15 years I've been pastoring, I've heard of so many pastors that have fell into sin. But I can promise you, friend, I've known some of them personally. Before they ever committed that big sin, before they ever fell in that sin of adultery or that, uh, or that sin of, uh, uh, of stealing or whatever that situation may be in, they had already slipped in many, many small areas of their life. Amen. A preacher friend of mine one years ago that fell, he actually fell, it's been about four years ago, 14 years ago, one of my mentors I looked up to tremendously. But years ago, when I, after I just got saved, was at a service he was preaching at, and he preached this sermon. He said, your slip is showing. Amen. Man, I'll never forget about it. He was talking about how easy it is. You know, ladies sometimes got a slip, and they'll come in, and, and unawares their slip may just slip down a little bit. How embarrassing that is. And he preached on that thought in our life. We, we're the last ones so many times to know how the devil deceives us and the flesh and the world. And our slip can be showing, and we're unaware of it until somebody says, hey, you're slipping, friend. I love you. Amen. You're my brother in Christ. You're my sister in Christ. But you slip showing. Amen. And the unfortunate thing about that is just several years later, his slip began to show. Amen. And him being unaware, him being the pastor, him not taking heed to the things that he preached, the devil came in in the small things. And the small things become big things. And the big things end up taking him out of the ministry cost him his marriage, cost him his family. He's no longer preaching. He's no longer in church. Amen. Some, I mean, a man of God that thundered the word of God. Amen. For years and years and years. You say, preacher, what happened? He didn't pay attention to the small things in life. Amen. Y'all still with me tonight? Amen. I think about Solomon. Now, Solomon didn't know about Hadad. Solomon had no idea that Hadad was lurking in the background. You say, why, preacher? Because he trusted Joab. Man, y'all remember Joab? Joab was a bad dude, amen. I mean, I tell you right now, I would never turn my back on Joab. Joab didn't play no games, amen. So he trusted Joab. He trusted him. He put all his faith and trust in man. And man let him down. Let me say here tonight, friend. Listen, we're to bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. We're to pray one for another. We're to love one another as Christians. Amen. One of the greatest testimonies we can have as a child of God is that this lost and dying world knows that we love one another. Amen. One of the greatest testimonies to know you disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ is that you love one another. Amen. That's a great testimony. But I want to tell you tonight, never put your confidence and faith in me because I can let you down. I always put it in the Savior. Amen. You see, he put his faith in Joab, and Joab missed one. Joab missed a little one, 
And that little one that he missed, that little lad that he missed, that little one he let go, he grew and it grew and he grew. And the opportunity came. And that little sin came back to be a big sin. And that big sin came back to wreak havoc in the life of Israel. Are y'all still with me tonight? Amen. Solomon didn't know anything about Hadad. Amen. He didn't know that Joab had let one get away. Listen to what the Word of God says in Matthew 13, 25. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. Oh, ain't that, ain't that just the old devil for you? Amen. He'll come in while we're slumbering. He'll come in while we're sleeping. And he'll sow the tares, amen. You wonder why we have so many problems sometimes in church, amen. Hey, because there's tares. You say, well, preacher, run them off. God says we can't run them off, amen, because we may hurt some of the wheat. God's the judge, amen. He's the righteous judge. God will take care of that in his way, in his time, and amen. But if we're not careful, that devil, he's sowing those tares. He's sowing that sin. He's sowing that dishonesty. He's sowing that distrust. He's sowing that backbiting. He's sowing that double tongue. He is sowing all these things to try to cause division among God's people, to try to tear down a great work. Man, you start soul winning. You start inviting sinners to church. You start seeing folks get baptized, as y'all will on Sunday. Hey, you start seeing folks get saved by the grace of God, and you mark it down. The devil ain't no layover and play dead. Amen. But he's not going to come in blowing whistles and firing off cannons. He's going to come in sowing small things. Amen. So the small things can grow up to be big things. Amen. I'll give you this. The Holy Spirit has impressed my heart to give you this. I was a young lad in my grandmother's living room. And I can remember the first time uh, the word H-E-L-L was ever used on radio. My grandmother went berserk. She's never heard it before. I mean, she made such a big deal. She got on the phone. She called my mama. She called a couple of my uncles. She, she was just devastated that someone used that word inappropriately on the radio. Not television, on the radio. She was so upset. It disturbed her. She has went her whole life. She's never heard it used that way. Inappropriate. Out of context. And we laugh about that now. On the things our children hear. The things our children are exposed to. Amen. The things they already know about. You say, what's happened, preacher? It's the little things. Amen. The little things. The little things that we think, well, you know, I don't approve of that. Well, I don't really like that. But, you know, I really can't do nothing about it. So we just don't ignore it and just pretend it don't really matter. But it does matter. Amen. Those little things do matter. It matters in your son's life, in your daughter's life. Because the devil wants to desensitize them. As a young age, because he knows if the Lord doesn't come back, you and I, we're going to go home to be with the Lord one day. There's going to be another generation that's reared up. That's another generation that's going to be left here to carry the torch, to carry the banner, to carry the truth. And if they are raised and desensitized, that they don't really understand between black and white, right and wrong, amen, how are they going to carry the truth? How are they going to stand for anything? Amen. It is important. The little things are important. God cares about the little things, and so should you and I. Amen. The little things are very important. Joab didn't know that Hadad would come back someday. Amen. He will be one of the greatest adversaries of his 
beloved nation. Amen. He didn't realize it. Joab didn't realize that sin would incubate amen, and come back one day. I think about a small splinter. Man, you ever got one? My wife's had me working. Bless my little heart. Amen. We started out over the last week and a half. We was just on paint. Amen. Oh, we got to paint. We ain't painted in nine years. We've got to paint. We've got to paint. I said, okay. All right. I'm with you. We'll paint. Well, I want to redo all the trim in the house. I said, all the trim? What are you talking about? Why we got to redo the trim? Well, I just want to redo the trim. That's a, that's, that's a different style of trim. I want to do the, the farmhouse, amen. I want to do the Joanna Gaines and the chip, amen. I'll, I said, oh, Jesus, help me, amen. <laughs> so then it goes from trim to shiplap. And some of you women know what shiplap is. Some of you men are like, I don't know what he's talking about. Oh, go home and ask your wife. She knows, amen. <laughs> and, man, I was, boy, I was working on it, and I was, was, was man, going to town, and all of a sudden I got a splinter in my hand. And I thought, that's just a small thing. It ain't no big deal. Man, I'm too busy. I got too much to do. I've got to get to work. And I left it alone. And I kept working. But boy, I woke up the next day. My finger was throbbing. I mean throbbing. I thought somebody took a hammer. Wham! Hit me in the hand. I said, holy God. Baby, I promise I'm going to finish on time. Why would you hit me last night? Hey, man. I didn't hit you. I looked down. That splinter was causing me fits. Hey, man. You see, it's those small things in our lives that's left undone that'll come back and cause havoc in our lives. Amen. Judges chapter number 14, I think about when Samson's father told him no. Samson threw a fit. So many times, if you read the book of Judges and you, and you read after Samson, over and over again, Samson had a problem with the word no. Amen. He wanted it his way. He wanted his father to go get him a wife, even if it wasn't the wife God wanted him to have. He would pitch a fit until he got what he wanted. That was his lifestyle. In this, even in the small things in his life, they grew to big things, giant problems, amen. And the Bible says that he died with the Philistines, amen, with the enemy. He died with the ones God gave him strength to overcome. One God gave him victory after victory after victory. He allowed the small things to come in his life, unawares, that stripped him from victory. Amen. And his testimony in his life. You know, that's what the devil wants to do. The devil knows he can't get your salvation if you're saved. Amen. He can't steal your salvation, but he can wreak havoc on your testimony. Amen. He can wreak havoc on your marriage and your home, and your church. Amen. He can steal your joy. Amen. That's things that he wants to destroy in your life. Amen. He'll come and just whisper in your ear, hey, nobody ever know. Man, nobody's watching. It's just a little small thing. And then when you concede to it, he jumps on the other shoulder and says, hey, you big dummy, how can you ever call yourself a Christian and be doing something like that? You might as well quit. You might as well give up on God. The same devil that told you what nobody ever knows, now the same devil telling you to give up on God because everybody's going to find out. You know why? Because he's a liar and the father of it. Amen. Joab didn't realize that sin would incubate. I think about David. Man, we love David. David's one of my favorite people in the Bible. David was a man after God's own heart. I love David. I love preaching about David. I love studying about David. But most of the time, when you hear the word David, 
So many times you go immediately to Bathsheba. Some people go straight to David and Goliath or maybe a man after God's own heart. But so many people run straight to Bathsheba. That mark, that black eye, amen. You see, David had a mistake in his life. David should have been on the battlefield. Boy, that's safety working for the Lord, isn't it? There's safety staying busy for Jesus. There's safety on the battlefield. Listen, child of God, I know the heat gets heavy, hot sometimes. And I know you grow tired and you get weary. And you want to just sit down. That's the most dangerous time in your life to sit down on God. Amen. I know sometimes it gets hot and heavy. And I know the battle's fierce. And I know sometimes it's, it's rough. Amen. But stay in the battle. Amen. David sat back. David allowed his men to go forth in the battle. David was out in the evening, the cool of the evening. David walks on the rooftop. Do you think that was the first time David ever walked on the rooftop of his kingdom? No, it wasn't the first time. Did you think David didn't know that there was women bathing up there? Yes, David knew. But David thought, I got away with it before. Everything's okay. The soldier's out battling. I'm the king. I'm just going to slip up here. Everything will be okay. But you know what? It wasn't okay. Because there was something that festered up, that exploded in David's life. That lust began to burn within him. And David began a series of things that began to tear his testimony and tear him away from the peace of God in his life. He ended up having an affair with Bathsheba. Then he ended up having Uriah killed. Amen. And then he lied and he lied and he tried to conceal it and he tried to keep it hid. And all the things that David could do, he couldn't do any right because you can't never do right when you're hiding wrong. Amen. And what started out as something very small exploded in a life of a man that had a heart for God. Amen. Don't ever think you're too big to fall. Don't ever think you're too spiritual that you wouldn't do some of the things that you've heard others do. Because if David was a man after God's own heart and David could sin, so could you. Amen. Humble yourself. Oh, listen, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Amen. Don't ever walk around like you God's favor. Amen. And you've got it all under control, and you would never do what some of these other people are doing. Amen. You allow those little things to get away, and you'll be shocked what you, what you will do in your life. Amen. God help us. Joab didn't realize the sin was incubated. Number three, the little, the little mistake that you're not aware, aware of would maybe be the one that will come back and destroy you. Verse number 21. Look real quick with me. Chapter number 11, verse number 21. And the Bible says, And when Hadad heard in Egypt that David slept with his fathers, and that Joab, the captain of the host, was dead, Hadad said to Pharaoh, Let me depart that I may go to mine own country. You see, Hadad is now free to attack Solomon at will. His father's dead, Joab's dead, and now Hadad, he's on a mission, amen. That's why we always need to be careful to give every opportunity our greatest diligence, amen. I do a job very well because you never know, leaving those ends untied, what may come back to hinder us down the road for the honor and glory of God, amen. That's why we always need to name sin, sin. Amen. Man, so many folks nowadays want to call it something else. Listen, we need to stick with sin. If sin sin, call it sin. Amen. Listen, if adultery sin, call it sin. Amen. Fornication sin, call it sin. 
I don't care if Johnny's doing it, Susie's doing it. I don't care who's doing it, amen. If it's sin, call it sin, amen. And that'll help you and I as we go forward raising our children and our grandchildren for the honor and the glory of God. The little foxes, the little mistakes, amen, that you are not aware of today may come back to destroy you later. Hadab is now free to attack Solomon at will, amen. It is so easy to become desensitized to these little sins. You say, preacher, you act like you know what you're talking about. You better believe I do, amen. Years ago when my son, my oldest son passed away, many of you have heard my story here as I preached. There was times in my life, Brother Robert, that I was so, so engulfed with sorrow that the devil began to attack me and my wife. And he began to attack me in areas that used to be things that I was staying so strong for and staying against. And I was so con just gulfed in sorrow and trying to just live another day and trying to find my purpose back in life and what I was going to do that I began to question, well, God, is it even worth worrying about these little sins? Is it even worth worrying about that or worrying about this or worrying about that? And man, it wasn't but a couple of years down the road, them little things that I was just sort of saying, well, Lord, I don't know if I'm going to worry about that or no more worry about that or preach on that, no more preach on this. It began to come back and bite me. Amen. It become problems in the church, problems in our home, problems in our family, amen. And I realized then the devil was raking havoc in my own house, in my own home, amen, that I had to wake up out of my sorrow. I had to wake up. I think about David. The same thing happened to David when Absalom was killed, amen. David went into deep depression. David didn't care about what was going on in the kingdom. David couldn't understand what, why his son, he was just sobbing for his son that was after his kingdom. And David had to wake up and realize life has to go on. Amen. We're still here to serve the Lord. Amen. We've got to pay attention to the small things, no matter how small they are. Amen. Lastly, but not leastly, you might be a small thing in your own sight, but God can use small things. You see, I told you God was interested in small things. A lot of times us preachers, we'll preach on all the bad and never preach on the good, but I want to leave you with a good thought tonight. God's so interested in small things that he cares about you and I. A lot of times we sell ourselves short. We think we're insignificant. We think we can't be used of God because I'm nobody. I don't have the talent some other people do. I can't play the piano. I can't play the guitar. I can't sing. I can't teach. I'm not called to preach. I can't remember scripture like you do. I don't understand things. Well, I've got this problem. I've got that problem. But I want you to understand, no matter how small you think you are, God is interested in the small things of life. I think about the little lad that had the lunch, amen, the five loaves and the two fishes. Those five loaves and two fish become a large buffet, amen. And God used them to feed over 5,000, amen, in that situation. An insignificant little lad that had nothing to offer, but yet he offered everything. You may not have much in your eyes, but listen, little is much when God's in it, amen. Little is much when God's in it. I think about Gideon. He looked at himself as being small and unworthy of being used by God. But God used him to deliver the children of Israel. It's the small things. I think about that small stone in David's sling. Amen. David went down and he picked up those stones out of the brook. 
And that little small stone probably thought, man, I'm insignificant. That's, what can I ever do? But it was small and it was insignificant until it was put in the slain of David. Amen. And then it became very important. And that's what God can do in your life, in my life. Amen. If we surrender ourselves to God's will, little is so much when God is in it. Amen. Little is much when God is in it. I think about a congressman I read about years ago, Carl Albert. He was a United States congressman from Oklahoma. He became one of the most powerful politicians in the history of the U.S. He was a speaker of the house for many years, and Carl Albert was barely over five foot tall. Amen. How many of you know, uh, can just take a guess tonight what his nickname was, amen? Little Giant from Little Dixie, Amen. Barely five foot tall, but God allowed him to be one of the greatest congressmen that we've ever had. Listen, little is much when God's in it. Don't sell yourself short tonight. The opportunities God gives you, don't throw them away because you're thinking you're insignificant. Nobody cares. Nobody wants to hear from me. Nobody wants me to be involved. Listen, God always wants you to be involved. God always wants to use you for your good, and for his glory. Amen. The Apostle Paul was a small man. He wasn't a big man. He was short stature, but yet probably no other human on the face of the earth had as much influence as the Apostle Paul did. Amen. From the smallest tribe of Israel, Benjamin, yet he stood before prison wardens, kings and governors and executors. He brought some of the most powerful messages ever been given to man, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Little is much when God is in it. Labor not for wealth nor fame. There's a crown, and you can win it if you'll just go in Jesus' name. Amen. Tonight, God is interested in little things in our lives, whether they be little sins or whether you think you're little in stature, you're little in insignificance. God couldn't use me. Yes, God can use you. Amen. You don't have to be the most educated person in the world to be used by God. I say praise Jesus for that, amen. You don't have to be the best dressed person in the world to be used by God. You don't have to be the best looking person in the world. Y'all don't say amen, amen. Hallelujah. You don't have to have the best credentials. You don't have to be the wealthiest, amen. All you have to be is willing to be used by God, amen. God will use those who will allow them to be used. Someone said God is hard up for workers, amen. No, God will use anyone. God will use anyone that's willing to be used. Years ago, a preacher used to talk to my, my boys when they first started playing instruments, and they, they sound horrible, amen. They started playing the guitar and the piano, and I was like, oh, Lord, help me. I, I work all day, come home from work, and... I walk in the door, and that piano be banging, the guitar be strumming, and it's off key and off chord, and I'm like, Lord, you sure you in this? Amen. And I'm sure they begin to think, and, and, you know, we were struggling a little bit, and a, a preacher, you know, had, had talked to him, was encouraging him. He heard they was trying to learn some instruments, and uh, my boys had played ball growing up. I coached them every year, and uh, they had played football, baseball, and they got up to a certain age, and they... They started not really having any interest in sports anymore. They showed so much interest in the musician, the instruments, and wanted to play, wanted to get up and do things. So we, we said, yes, by all means. We bought them a guitar, bought a piano, bought a mandolin, bought all these different instruments, started praying, God, use them for their good and for your glory. 
And at first I thought I missed it. Amen. I said, under God, this is awful. But a preacher friend of mine looked at my boys and he said, listen, God is not looking for your ability. He's looking for your availability. Amen. Make yourself available for God. And there's no telling what God may do. And I can promise you it wasn't a year later. And there probably wasn't a camp meeting, a meeting that we went to anywhere that someone wasn't using my boys to play and sing, whether piano, mandolin, guitar, banjo, bass, I mean, you name it, they were picking, they were playing, they were singing. God blessed them, unbelievable, out of insignificant, two little boys that couldn't carry a tune in a bucket, amen, didn't know anything, but they were willing to give their all to the Lord, amen. And the Lord took what they had and he multiplied it and he blessed it for their good and for his glory. Tonight, I want to leave you with that last thought. God is interested in small things. Don't allow the small things to slip in your life. Amen. Don't allow that slip to start showing in your life. Be always on guard. The little small things the devil's trying to wear us out in life. Things your wife don't know about. Things your husband don't know about. Things mom and daddy don't know about. Things the preacher don't know about. The little small things that we sort of insignificant that we ask God every week, Lord, forgive me for that. Lord, Lord, forgive me for that. Lord, forgive me for that. Lord, forgive me for that. You ever find yourself doing that? Asking the Lord to forgive you for the same thing over and over again? You know what that's called? You've never repented of it. Amen. You asking for forgiveness, but you never repented. Because repentance is turning away from that sin. It's got a change of heart, change of mind, change of direction. Amen. When you repent. That's why it's so important. Not to always, Lord, forgive me, Lord, forgive me, but repent. Amen. You know, the day the Lord saved me, preacher, God saved me from my past sins, my present sins, and my future sins. But there's never going to be a day I live on this world that I don't stop repenting. Amen. I'm always turning from this flesh, turning from a past life, turning from bad habits, turning from cross words, turning from things in my life that is not pleasing to the God of heaven. Amen. Yes, he, I, my standing is in the Lord. When he sees me, he sees the blood as we sung today. But I'll never stop repenting until I stand face to face with my Lord and Savior. That's things in my life God's always dealing with me. Holy Spirit of God's always correcting me. Amen. And I've got to make the decision where I'm going to turn or I'm going to continue to play with fire. Tonight, God's interested in the small things. Preacher, I'm through. Now, you've got to make a decision what you're going to do. The buffet's been given. <laughs> Amen. And what you do with it's up to you. God don't force feed anyone. Tonight, if you want help, you can get help. Preacher.